The best fried chicken in Texas. Rody's Country Fried Chicken. Texas born, Texas raised. A chicken joint with 35 years of service to our community. Thanks to our loyal customers and social media followers. Come try the best gizzards in Texas, the best tenders in Texas, and the best chicken in Texas. Call us at 830-773-9189. 830-773-9189. Don't forget, we have curbside service and delivery by DoorDash. Or find us on Facebook, Rodie's Chicken. R-O-D-E-E-S Chicken. Like us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. The best fried chicken in Texas. Rodie's Country, Country Fried, fried Chicken. chicken. Middle interview. Greetings from your host James, uh, from the one and only state of Texas in the United States of America, from the one and only podcast that middle interview podcast. We welcome you once again. Thank you guys, and we have a special treat. We have a member of Interloper, or Interloper as you want to say it, a progressive uh, metal band. Uh, you could label it different. Label it different, uh, different ways and different subgenres of metal. It's up to you. Okay, so this is crazy, crazy metal. Some good stuff, of course. And they have a brand new Interloper has a brand new album, uh, Nuclear Blast, by the title of Search Party. You guys can uh, stream it, download it. It's available on all digital formats. Okay, so it's called Search Party, and the band is called Interloper, and our guest is none other. Then the vocalist slash guitarist, Andrew Virueta. And uh, he joins us and speaks to us about this new album, Search Party, its makings, and the way they wrote it, and this and that. And uh, they actually just released an EP, their first EP this, this year also, 2021, uh, back in January. And then this June 11th, they released this uh, brand new album, Search Party. So uh, for all the fanatics that follow Interloper, Let's play some interloper here. For all the people that are not aware or sure who they are or what they sound like, we're going to play Pathkeeper. This was released uh, at the same time as the album was released by Nuclear Blast Records. And here's Pathkeeper. And we'll be right back with the interview with Andrew. That Metal Interview. Oh, oh, oh. 
For you guys, great metal. We welcome you, of course, one more time. That metal interview podcast, myself, James, and uh, let's cut it short, man. Here's our interview with Andrew of Inner Loper. Enjoy new album, Search Party, coming out June 11th. Uh, Nuclear Blast. Uh, talk to us about the making of this album. Um, what do you want to know, man? How do you guys uh, go about the writing process, you know, uh, lyric wise, uh, riff wise? Uh, what's the first step? Is it riff wise? I see, I see. Yeah, um, typically the songs um, are what are made first. Uh, either I'll write like a good portion of a song and then I'll take it to the guys or Miles will do the same thing. Um, sometimes Aaron and, Miles, Aaron and Miles will write stuff together. Sometimes Aaron and I will write stuff together. Um, sometimes Miles and I will like fully collaborate on songs. Um, it just really depends um, on the time and the circumstance, really. Um, but yeah, uh, with that in mind, the uh, once the songs are done, I'll uh, start trying to make weird sounds over the songs until it becomes something um, a little more cohesive and sounds like a singer. You know, uh, that's usually the way it goes. Um, I like to phonate over the songs, just like vowels and stuff that sound pleasing to me. 
and uh, and then I like write the lyrics based off of those vowel shapes that I really think are pleasing, and then the lyrics come after that. So you kind of do uh, syllables, kind of syllable noises on top of the riffs. Yeah, exactly. Just cool. Like that. Yeah, exactly. That kind of thing. Cool. Just whatever's natural and like whatever my gut wants over the song is what I'll put in there. Wow, that's cool. I saw the Search Party uh, animated music video. Uh, very cool, man. Uh, who came up with this idea? Um, I think that Miles was the one that really wanted to have this uh, this video as like a 3D animation thing. Um, I think I think Aaron and I were more rooting for the 2D thing, like an illustration kind of yeah. kind of idea. But uh -huh. Miles really wanted the 3D thing, and um, I think it was a I think it was a cool choice. Um, you don't really see that too frequently. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, the, the animator that did it is the same guy who did uh, the animations on our backdrop for uh, the Drift music video. So um, we went to him just because we really liked what he did. And um, our friend Paige, uh, she storyboarded the whole Search Party music video. So she planned out, it, it plotted the whole thing and then um, worked directly with Anthony, the animator. Very cool. Very cool video. Uh, well, all the bit, all, Yeah. Of course. Uh, for people that don't know, uh, take us back in time a little bit. How did the band start, and uh, what year was this that the band formed? Um, so I wasn't in the band when it formed, but I believe that it formed in like 2014. Miles and Aaron started the band, um, and uh, Miles wrote the first song. Uh, it's called "A Red Letter Day." Uh, it's an instrumental kind of tune, and uh, yeah, so. Cool. We started that whole thing, and then I come into the picture in maybe 2016, so like two years later. Okay. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think at that time we wanted to, and they had kind of all felt this way that they wanted to kind of stray away from the sound that uh, Red Letter Day and, and uh, the other two songs that were released uh, sounded like. They were, it was more of like a technical death metal kind of thing. Wow. And, um, I think that they wanted to just chill out a little more with this with this band, and, and then I come into the picture, and I don't really write uh, fast music. I, I I write technical music, but not fast music like that. So um, it was uh, right in my wheelhouse, uh, you know. Yeah. And um, and so we just started uh, experimenting, writing uh, songs together, seeing seeing what could uh, what could be, and uh, what ended up being was uh the ep that we put out a revenant legacy um those songs are a product of that that mentality uh and that mindset so um moving along we have now a uh, search party which is just i feel um an optimization and like a refinement of the the sound of what the ep was nice so that was one of my questions uh you guys just released uh, the EP, Revenant Legacy, this past uh, January, if I'm correct. Yep. Why, why release an album so soon? <laughs> right? Yeah, man. Well, well, the reason is because um, we didn't even really want to show uh, show the EP to the world, man. We just wanted to start off with, uh, with the full length. Okay. But, uh, you know, I guess we kind of all decided against that, changed our minds or whatever. So um, I think it was important to just have those songs as... Um, Kind of uh, checkpoints in our uh, musical career, I guess, in our, our maturation. Um, I think that was an important move to make. Uh, looking back now, I think it was it was a good move for us. Nice. Um, just because uh, you know, for me, when when a, when an album I make is released, usually 
um, all the the ideas and thoughts that I have toward each song, they it changes like drastically when a song gets released, or when an album gets released for me personally. Um, like when I listen to a song that I've written and listened to for years and years, and when it get, when it finally gets released, um, I feel like I almost listen to it as a uh, like a jaded listener, and so uh-huh. I judge very harshly uh-huh. the music that I make after it uh, after I get after it gets released. Yeah. Um, so so with that, I think it was important to do that and put those uh, Revenant Legacy songs through that treatment in my mind personally, um, and. You know, it's already happening with Search Party, so <laughs> <laughs> right now, I, you know, I have, I have a list of things I, I want to, you know, uh, add, add, add or subtract. You know, right? That's, that's great. That's cool. That's cool. I guess it's normal, huh? I mean, you want to after the, you finish the process, you want to add or subtract things. You know, that's cool. I guess we're we're human. <laughs> that's right, man. You know, yeah. uh, it, I don't know. There's just an idea of like of having the public. Listen, listen in to something that is very personal to you, and then when that very personal thing becomes public, um, you yourself view it differently, you know. And, and I, I sometimes I feel like I'm the only one that feels that way, but I I think I'm wrong. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so so uh, um, let me get this right. Uh, maybe I didn't see correctly, but I've seen you guys uh, uh, on YouTube and this and that. Uh, you guys are a three-piece band with no bass player. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. We don't have a we don't have a bass player with us, but oh, I've been, um, yeah, I thought was I thought I was seeing tracks. I thought I was seeing things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have bass tracked on the EP and on the full length as well. Yeah, um, I I tracked bass on the EP, and then um, our good buddy Jacob Umansky, who plays in a band called Intervals, okay, um, he tracked the the bass on uh, Search Party. Cool. So so you guys go live with no bass player or um. I would really like to have a bass player live um, with these songs on Search Party. Um, we have toured in the past uh, with just tracked bass. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, just like backtracked or whatever. But um, I really am not a fan of that. Um, I don't like seeing bands that do that. Um, yeah. And I don't want to be a band that does that. So um, I, I really, really would like to have a, a live bass player and eventually... Um, yeah. A, a bass player as a permanent member. Oh, I mean, I, I heard your music and Interloper, and uh, I don't think you guys need a bass player, but I mean, I, I see where you might... I, I, I get it, you know, that's cool. It sounds cool like that. Yeah, well, I mean, there's bass in all the songs still, and, yeah. but, but I think that the important thing is that, um, you know, having a somebody who spent the years that I have on guitar um, mm-hmm. on a bass, their, their approach to that same section that I would have is very different. And, and it's it's a very valuable opinion to have in a band. Um, bassists, bassists phrase things differently. And yeah. It's just like the way that it is. And, and I think that it's important to have that um, kind of more watchful, not watchful ear, but like that more apt ear. Yeah, cool. I understand. I play some guitar myself in the local bands, you know. I understand. I get it. So... Um, uh, so my question is, uh, what's behind the name Interloper, and uh, how, who came up with that name, and and why that name? Uh, Miles came up with that name, um, and the name is based off of uh, a video game that he really loves called Half Life. Okay. Yeah. So the word Interloper is, I th- I think one of the chapters in Half Life Two, um, and so that's what he used, and uh, 
I think Miles' original intention with this band was to have it a Half-Life-themed band. And uh, so we have the first three singles uh, that we put out in, like, or that he put out in, like, 2014 or 15. Yeah. Which were A Red Letter Day, Absolution, and then The Conjuration. And those are all three um, tips of the hat to Half-Life in some way. Cool. Cool name. I like it. So, uh, are you guys already booking shows? Uh, you know, I'm in Texas, and uh, a lot of bars and, and clubs seem to be opening up. So, uh, are you guys booking things already, or? Dude, um, yeah, I'm am seeing a lot of bands booking things, but I, uh, we we are not um, currently, um, at least not for this year. Okay. Uh, just because you know, I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you never get. Yeah, I just yep. don't know if it's the move yet, man. And uh, right, I think we're kind of just gonna we're gonna follow bigger bands leads that can afford to drop tours you know yeah because uh it's it's uh it's an expensive loss right so and, and i don't think that we can afford to do that currently. so talk to us about your equipment uh studio and touring equipment uh what do you use for uh to play um i use typically i use an axe effects uh in the studio when i'm tracking stuff um but lately i've been really really into these uh, these uh plugins Uh -huh. The neural DSP plugins and the Arch type plugins, all that fun stuff. Um, so that's been really cool to experiment with. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be using any of these on on any records, uh, the plugins on on any records, but I might. Who knows? Um, but yeah, most of the time I'm using an Axe Effects and uh, live. I'm using an Axe Effects as well. Miles and I both. Miles and I both are using an Axe Effects. Uh, Axe FX2 live and we, we plug that into uh, straight into the, uh, to the PA or to the to the mixer and then out to the PAs. Nice. Yeah. Who are your influences? Uh, who are your heroes? My influences and heroes. Um, I would say James Hetfield. I would say awesome. Chuck Schuldiner. I would say wow. David Stain. Yeah. Um, and probably like Mike Patton too. Um, oh. Those those are the guys. Mike Patton, not so much uh, at a young age. That was kind of like later in my life. I, I found like Faith No More and Mr. Bungle and stuff. But um, when I was a kid, th those those three were like the, the heroes of mine that made me uh, want to do what I did, what I do now. Yeah. Um, also, Matt Heafy from Trivium. That's another one that I, that I don't want to forget. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, that guy's awesome. Super young. Started so young. It, it really, that dude, like, for how young he started, you know, touring and putting out albums and stuff it, that really gave me hope in myself um give us your best gig and your worst gig um okay uh i can't really think of a worst gig man i can't think of it. no <laughs> there definitely there definitely is one. Oh yeah there was one uh um, it was both of these are with the faceless but um one of the worst ones was we were playing in uh in mexico we were in aguas calientes okay and uh we uh The, the owners were like notorious for like shutting power off oh, wow. or, whatever, or something like that <laughs> and we were mining and and i think like they shut our power off on us wow because uh yeah they just wanted to go home or something i don't know i, I don't think we were even playing like extraordinarily late i think it was like maybe 11 30 or, or midnight which is typical uh, in in mexico that's crazy Things, wow. things run a little later typically down there wow. uh, so so yeah that was that was pretty pretty fucked <laughs> <laughs> wow also, also my uh my ears 
and uh, our mixer died at that show as well. Like they, they just broke and didn't work. So we ran that whole show without ears. Oh, um, wow. It was just a, it was a, it was a doozy. Wow, what a horrible experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, one of my favorite shows that I played was in um, either Texas or Chile, man. Okay. Uh, Gas Monkey Live was a really really fun show, um, and then uh, Santiago, Chile. Yeah. Was uh, dude. The venue was uh, basically like falling apart. It was like a. The venue looked like an old movie theater that had been converted into a venue. Like it was a movie theater from like the 1900s or something. Really? Um, yeah, it was this old fucking place, dude. And uh, I remember at the time, um, the the country they were all in like protests in the streets and stuff there was something going on with their government um and so um i remember at our from our hotel room we'd hear like rubber bullets hitting the ground and wow um, people screaming and stuff like all day yeah, wow. it was it was crazy and so uh, because of i in my opinion that insanity and like you know the unrest in the general like population of people there um one of the the, the promoter of the show didn't have money for our booking agency um, to pay them or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and they were really strict about, like, you need to pay or else, like, our band isn't going to play for you kind of thing. And so, like, they were just arguing about that and just going crazy. And um, the guy was, like, he didn't have the money. And they were, and they were saying, yeah, you're not, we're, like, faces isn't playing then if you don't have our money, this yeah. and that. And, um, dude the dude comes back like sobbing and he says if you guys don't play um the fans are going to burn the venue to the ground they said they're going to burn the venue to the ground please let faces play wow (laughs) (laughs) it's crazy it was just like fucking crazy dude (laughs) actually dude i don't even think that the touring agency even ended up getting like the money like in full but we ended up playing and it was just fucking awesome, dude. Those people were nuts. It <laughs> wow. was such a blast. And the, wow. I don't know, man, like, our set was mixed so fucking loud, man. I just felt really, like, I just felt really powerful up there, man. And it was, it was a memorable show for me. Wow, what a, what a cool story right there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Bro. It's, it's so cool, man. so what's, uh, what's next for yourself, for Andrew and the band? What can fans expect next from you guys? Um, I mean, they can expect more music and um, hopefully next year a tour or multiple tours. Um, our goal is to just be on the road as much as possible supporting this album. Um, yeah, in an, in an ideal world, of course. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, man, uh, we've already been writing a lot of music uh, for the second album. Um, we're about six or seven songs deep. And um, yeah, man, just keeping our noses to the grindstone. And, uh, and working hard. Cool. There you go for the fans uh, asking, would you like to send a message to uh, your fans listening to this podcast? Um, yeah. Uh, thanks for taking the time to, to listen to my crazy thoughts and uh, my ramblings. Um, I hope that you guys all love the record, and uh, we hope to see you on the road in the future. Awesome. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you for uh, spending some time to talk to us to our podcast. We appreciate it, and I uh, hope to see you on the road soon, man. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. Keep rocking, man. Hell yeah, dude. Much obliged. And thank you, uh, Andrew, for talking to us and spending some time uh, chatting with our podcast, That Metal Interview. 
And for all the fanatics of Interloper, uh, there you go. Uh, some badass music. Don't forget you can uh, stream their new album, Search Party. Uh, you can download it. And they have an EP which was released this year earlier, about January 2021, by the name of A Revenant Legacy. Uh, Interloper. Check it out, guys. A California band. Very, very great, great metal. Uh, melodic, progressive, I would say. But it's up to you how you want to label the sub-genre of this metal band. So anyways, uh, thank you guys. Don't forget to subscribe. It is my job to say that. Because we live off of subscriptions and subscribers. And uh, hits and views and all that stuff. You guys know what's up. So thank you guys. If you like what you hear, we appreciate it. We truly appreciate it. So thank you guys uh, one more time. Interloper. And be on the lookout for some more interviews. We have uh, AJ from KK Priest. Uh, he's going to be... One of our guests uh, very, very soon. And we have Sasha of Halloween also as one of our guests in the up and coming episodes, of course. And uh, AK of Flotsam and Jetsam. So, yes, sir, we got some uh, special guests coming up amongst others, of course. I'm not going to reveal all of them. So here goes. Don't forget to keep it metal. Interview.